live from the Catfish Bar, Gertrude Street, Fitzroy, on a beautiful Sunday afternoon. It's the Barry Bullock Hour. What is it, February 7th? February 8th? The actual date, I'm not entirely sure. I think it's February 7th. Ah, February 7th. February 7th. But it is uh, episode 13, Barry Bullock Hour. We are, uh, as Big Dog said in his magnificent introduction... At the Catfish Bar on Gertrude Street, Fitzroy. Mm. We've just smashed some pretty high-quality food, fellas. It was yeah. awesome. I and have to say, a very of, tasty. And a couple of very tasty beers if with you, us at the moment. If you were looking for a place to shout out on some Americana food, you could do a in lot the, worse. In the uh, Philly steak, Philadelphia steak, for those who may not be Cheese steak. Or... Chili con carne style, isn't it? Was that was that the other one? Or Philly, Philly, Philly. I had the uh, I had the, the basic Philly cheesesteak and the uh, which looked like a chili con carne to me. It looked good too. Chili cheese fries is what you're referring chili to. Chili cheese fries. The catfish here in Fitzroy, combining American style food with what is pretty much almost exclusively, in fact, is exclusively right now. A New Zealand craft beer list. I, I assume that that's a constant rotation, a bit like down there. At the, uh, it is. No, yeah, they do that. I was talking to the guy before. They do that every Waitangi day. They um to, to, to celebrate Waitangi day. They they bring in some exclusively beers. New Zealand beers, and they run New Zealand when is, beers. When is Waitangi week. day? It's the fourth of February. It was Friday, I think, but yeah. the public holiday is Monday. So, so basically, Friday, the whole, the whole week. Thursday. Yeah. Thursday. For those who Thursday. May, yeah. for those who may not be in the know, and I would include myself, kind of in that. <laughs> it's your national day, Waitangi Day. It is. Yeah. It's the anniversary of the signing of the Treaty of Waitangi, which, which basically was... allowed the English to colonize. It was effectively a. a, a a, a truce slash constitution between the European British settlers and the native Maori people of New Zealand. Just basically something in writing that said, hey, perhaps we should try and get along and actually make a country together. Because prior to that, there was a lot of fighting, a lot of wars, the hey, New Zealand wars, and. Don't be a dick. Basically. You know, interestingly, we never actually did that here. No. No. We just kind of came here, just sort of said, well, it's yeah. ours. That's why, and even today, Waitangi Day is uh, sort of a day of protest as much as anything else. A lot of protests on the news, and you know, the Prime Minister always tries to go up to an actual Mariah and Waitangi and usually gets something biffed at him. This year it was a dildo, and it wasn't actually John Key, but someone, nice. someone went up north to one of the uh, important Maori tribe sites and had a dildo thrown at it. That's how you get your message across, ladies and gentlemen. A couple of years ago, I think it was a shoe. Throw a sex toy at whoever the political representative is there. That's incredible. Bit of a a weird day. And then, of course, over here, Australia Day is just a day of barbecues and listening to Triple J. Which is equally offensive. Also massive massive protests in the city. I mean... Yeah, but not not on the same scale. It really is, dude. It really is. They closed half the city down there. Yeah, no, they do. I know, but they don't get nearly as much coverage. Australia Day is still, yeah, barbecues and triple day. New Zealand Waitangi Day is... I think you're being selective about this. I I think there's probably... I think the media is being selective. Maybe the media is being selective about it. But there there is a massive, massive protest outside Fulham Street every year. People don't have barbecues and listen to the radio on Waitangi Day. People stay at home and try not to watch the news. Now, we should also say that that I actually did have a barbecue 
on Australia Day. Yeah, um, because it's seen as a holiday. It is seen as Actually, a holiday. Uh, very culturally sensitive barbecue. Yeah, but um, yeah, I wouldn't really say that um, it was an Australia Day barbecue as such, but it was on Australia Day. It was a Day. public holiday barbecue. So, I I mean, it's, but it's by, it's by the by because... Big Dog, I personally, and I offer this to all our dedicated listeners mm. as an option, which you can do... I choose to celebrate Indian National Day on, on January 26th because nobody can get offended by that. Indian National Day. People can get offended. People, if you choose to celebrate Invasion Day, which a lot of people do, people get offended at that. Uh, if you choose to celebrate Triple J Hottest 100 Day, people get offended at that. People want to celebrate Because they think Australia you're being flippant. Day. People want to, people choose to celebrate Australia Day, people get offended because you think they think you're being insensitive. You choose to celebrate Indian National Day because I... Fucking love India. No one can get offended. Is that the day when Gandhi or something sort of? Did I'm, something? Sh- I'm actually not sure about the history of it, but I, I discovered I was um. Cue the Google keys. In um, I, I will find that out for you guys because I was in India on January 26th a few years ago, and um, yeah, I just just happened to be the way it was going. Um, so I had a I had a. Uh, what was it? It's the um, I had a Kingfisher strong in one hand. Yeah, that'd, that'd be a bit and weird. a Foster's in the other. Oh, oh dear, epic. Two, <laughs> two disgraceful brews. It has to be said. As mentioned, this is actually a craft beer bar, and we've Those already be- already had a couple. I've had the uh, well, I, st- I started off having the uh, Tuatara Underarm Apology, which I think is actually a collaboration with an Australian uh, brewery. Oh, I don't yeah. actually know the details. That was an IPA. That was very tasty. Then I moved to the Eight Wired Wireless Britomanices Black IPA, which was very tasty. And now I'm on the Tuatara Tart, which smells like a raspberry bush. In other words... Tastes like one, too. Kieran's had a few. So I should... I'm feeling good. I think uh, Callum and I started yeah. with the, uh, I think it was called the Tropidelic Pale Ale, I believe. Is that yep, right? Tropidelic Pale Ale. Another eight wide brew. And then Cr- what did you have to say? What are you on now? Um, I am now drinking a pale, I'm drinking a hoppy lager uh, from Panhead. Panhead, another cracking New Zealand brewery. And I'm drinking something Funnily called enough. the Parrot Dog Dead Canary. Which is a, which is a, which is a classic Wellington yeah. craft beer bar is a good standard. It's a nice it's a delightful. Right now, beer. this with that tap list feels like a little slice of Wellington, and I'm loving every second of yeah, it. Yeah, he's uh, he's feeling very nationalistic at the moment. So, very um, excited. so currently, uh, just just a, just a bit of a clarification. I have made a slight mistake in, in terminology. Um, in terminology, not on the date. Oh, it's um, on the same date. January twenty. January twenty sixth oh, is, right. is, is sorry is Republic Day. Republic, Republic Day. Day. So it Day. celebrates the day that. Um, the Constitution of India came into force in 1950. Yeah, so it was yeah. the 65th, 66th anniversary of the Indian Republic. Gandhi was year. probably dead by that stage too. Just I will find out that for you. The irony being, if Australia became a republic, there are suggestions that the day would change. That the national holiday would become the day of the republic. There is, there is certainly a good argument to say that it's not the best day to celebrate. It's a terrible day to celebrate. Um, and that's what I mean. But the problem we have is that we are a bit lost to know what day is a good day to celebrate. And many people have suggested that 
the day that Australia actually became a federal constitutional country, which yeah. is actually January the first, nineteen oh one. There's a great, there's a great, there's a great joke about that though. So that's already a public holiday. Day is already a public holiday. You so, want to preserve the public holiday. But then there is another option that's also been suggested. I yeah. think Noel Pearson suggested that uh, January first was the best day. But someone else has suggested, I can't remember who, but the day that Queen Victoria actually signed off and said that Australia can become that's a, nice idea, yeah. a country. I, like and I think that. that was about, I think that's in like May or something. Problem being, the weather's not that great in May. So people <laughs> are worried they won't be able to have a decent barbecue. That's the argument against it. Well, that is a that's, ridiculous argument. Well, that's the Australian way. That's kind of classic to base national holiday around the potential for a barbecue. Yeah. Yeah, right. Well, I wonder what Bond Scott in the background would which <laughs> he would have liked as Australia. I think he would have loved it. Get he would feeling have... every day was Australia Day for him. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> He's a rock and roll star. He was. He died on his own vomit. Well, he's, he's probably still rock and rolling up in heaven or potentially hell, depending on how you believe when it gets to that staircase, he might have gone up or down. Got a bit too tanked. Decided not to drive home. Which is in his car. sort of unfortunately responsible that that was he did a responsible thing and then just in an era him. where most people just would have slotted in behind the wheel and away they went. But um, and then he just choked on his own vomit. Disappointing. And not an ideal way to go. A horrible way to go. Well, yeah. That and the Elvis way. I don't want to go the Elvis way. On the toilet. Yeah. No. No. God, I hope I don't go that way. That's not ideal. I feel like there are worse ways to die in terms of the pain and what... I mean, dying just, you know... But in terms of places to die, on the toilet, not ideal. No. With no, your pants no. down. And just in terms of, like, you know... With pa- your pants down in bed's not a bad way to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I'll grant you that. But that you still get found without your pants on. That's true. Whereas I guess when you're on the toilet, it's like... Oh, it's just because uh, I think that... If you're going to die on the toilet, you probably even have the chance to flush the toilet before you actually die. So whoever finds you is in for a bit of a nasty surprise. You may you may have died before you got to uh, sort of get anything out. I like, I like that you lowered your voice, Big Dog, when talking about dying on the toilet on the count of the fact that there was some... We're at, a, we're at a bar, but there is clearly a children's party going on out the back. And for the last ten minutes, as the party's clearly been wrapping up, like a, 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 an older woman dressed as a fairy walked out about 15 minutes ago. Nice. And ever since then, there's been a small stream of children with parents attached. And as two or three of them walked past just then, we were talking about Elvis dying on the toilet. Big Dog, you respectfully lowered your voice so that the children ever wouldn't the, hear. Ever the courteous gentleman. <laughs> But i got to say, what an awesome idea for a birthday, for a two-year-old's birthday party, having ACDC and Guns N' Roses. <laughs> that never happened, I can tell you, in my family. That, that is awesome. Is that what little baby big dog's going to get would for only, his first birthday? You're going to be only, cranking the ACDC? I'll tell you what, it would only be better this birthday if Axel and Slash actually rocked up <laughs> and sang a song. Which... Coincidentally, big news from the big dog. Yeah. Oh boy. Could potentially happen as Slash and Axel have apparently buried the hatchet what? for about a million really? for about a million dollars a concert and are doing a summer US tour. Wow. As in Guns N' Roses or just those like two? Like actual Guns N' Roses. I think what happened 
and Cal- Callum can Google this if he wants. But I think Axel cleared out the rest of the band, or the band said, "That's it, Axel, we're out of here." The ones that were the faux Guns and Roses, who aren't really the Guns and Roses, it's like yeah. Buckethead, the guy who has a KFC bucket on his head. Yeah. Across, <laughs> they just said, "That's it, Axel, we've had enough. We're not playing anymore." They took their bat and ball and left. And so I think that opened the way for Slash to come back in because Slash's band um, isn't doing very much. I don't think at the moment. I think he was in um, Velvet Revolver and their lead singer died. Oh, no. That was Scott Whelan. He, he died recently. He was awesome. Too. Did he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Stone Temple Pilots. Velvet Revolver were all right. But anyway... Velvet Revolver then they had the they, uh, what they another did. one of those terrible mid 2000s super groups yeah, but where all the discarded members of old grey bands will get together and write some tunes mm. um, okay so I've got a little bit of clarification here here we go um, Constitution Day which was proposed which was the um, the day in 1900 when Queen Victoria gave her assent to the Constitution of Australia yep. was July is July 9th yeah. That's proposed. proposed. So not, that's, so not that's barbecuing a, weather. That's pretty cold. But having said that, is that really is that really the the aim of it all? You know what I mean? I think that's not a bad day. I think, I think the aim of the your national day, your national day should be something that unites every per, in the like, summertime. Everyone in the summertime. That's a day that unites everyone in the country. Well, Waitangi Day does not do that. Interesting point. Continue on. Um, Another one that's been proposed is the Eureka Stockade Day. Uh, 3rd of December. I'm just just Mm. listing here. I'm not not Mm. giving my... uh, um, Closest Australia ever came to a civil war, believe it or not. And I think something like 25 people died. Nothing, nothing to take anything no, away. No, we shouldn't be laughing about that. No, but, well, I'm just saying. Anniversary of the 19, 1967 referendum. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, when the constitutional sta- right to, to, to give constitutional status of Aborigines um, on the 27th of May, which is... Um, that's not bad. That's not bad, and the public vote in favour was 90.77%. I, I still think the Queen that's, Victoria one is the best one to go for. That's that's a that's a pretty that's a pretty big deal that day. I think that's a nice. No, it's a big deal. It I is think a that's deal. a nice day. And the weather. And the, look, if we're going to focus, we're going to be fixated on the weather. The weather wouldn't be bad in May. It wouldn't be terrible. Well, I think it's in July. If you think about spacing your public holidays out, you know, you've just had a summer break. Do you really need Australia Day where it is? You've got Easter coming up, then you've got Cup Day. I feel like a midwinter public holiday is a pretty good idea. This this year is the is the the boon of, of, of public holidays. Left, long weekends, left, right, and centre. Mm. Plus, we've got AFL Grand Final Eve oh, night. The most controversial public holiday announcement in a long time turned out to be the most popular. Once it actually happened, it was huge. Was it? The grand final parade was massive in the city that day. After right? they thought no one would go because there was no one working. And there was something like half a million people in the yeah, city. Right. Um, other prop, other prospects for um, moving Australia Day. Um, there was a strong push to unite the Anzac Day celebration with with Australia Day, which was no, that's um, ridiculous. Well, so well that's was, in April. That's uh, April twenty fifth. Yeah. And the other, the, the last one I'll mention is um, is the day before British settlement, the 25th of January. Which, the day before. Which well, has apparently had a lot of support. What? The, the day before the, the Brits came and ruined this great country. 
I don't know if that's a unifying. Yeah, I don't think that solves any I I personally think I, I having read all of the options presented, I like the anniversary of the 1967 referendum. I think that's a that's a nice day to celebrate. Mm. That's because that's a that's if we value if we say that we value reconciliation and it's not a bad day. I think that's a great that's a beautiful day to pick. Um, and as Kieran says, a mid-winter holiday. Or an early winter holiday. My only thing with that is, yes, it's an an amazing unifying uh, vote, but it doesn't really signify anything about the country forming. You know what I mean? Whereas when... Of course it does. Of course it does. I mean, it, it, it unifies people coming together and for a common cause. Which I think is different to what... Well, it signifies the beginning of us recognising that we share this country with Aboriginal people. Mm. That's probably where you sum which, up. which before yeah. then, like legally, that we share this country with Aboriginal people. Well, legally, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, which no, is a big deal, which is, which is what big national holidays should be about. They should be about the shared values which we have under the laws of the country. I'm just looking at it from a geographic kind of thing and saying, like... I, I personally, I don't know why, but I personally favour the Queen Victoria Day where she said, right, you can become a country, a nationalised country. Which The um, problem with that one, though, and I should I should admit at this point that I am a monarchist. I'm not most, a Republican. Mostly because I think that mostly because I think that becoming a republic would be a stupidly enormous waste of money um, because it would necess- necessitate a, a great number, a huge number of expenses and changes that people really don't think about. They're just like, yeah, Australia, let's become a republic, let's get rid of the Queen. But you have to, for, for one, the first you'd have to reprint and remake all of the money in Australia, which would cost an unbelievable amount of money. Yeah, but you're looking at it and you're saying it's not the notes. You're looking at you're looking at the, not the economics notes, of the coins, man. But yeah. before you were just talking about people coming together, and that's what we should unify. And that's essentially what the republic. Yeah, but you does. don't have to do anything. If you're just looking at it from a pure, which is funny from you, I reckon, coming from black and. Well, black because and white because and I don't think that it adds anything to our nation. And I there's think, a lot of people. Think I think that. that being constitutional monarchy is part of our history. And I don't think there's anything wrong with, with having... The, the Queen has no impact so the argument on our national is, policy. So, so the, or the in, argument is, why is she there? That's well, the head of our state. Why, is she, why get rid of it? If, you, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. There's no, there's no reason, there's no positive reason to get rid of her, besides the fact that you don't like the monarchy, you don't like the Queen. Well, respectfully, I disagree. Okay. I think it's... Uh, I great, think, great protest song in the background yeah, too. Where'd I, go? I wonder what Dee Snyder from uh, Twisted Sister would think. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I think no, I respect. I think he's given you his opinion. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Um, it sounds like he's on your side. Big yeah, de- definitely, definitely. He's on your side, side of the Republican debate. I'm, I'm with both of you. I think it's. <laughs> it's kind of irrelevant. It's, like, it's an exceptionally boring. Discussion. Well, a republic would be a waste of time and money and effort, but. At the same time, I don't think it'd be a waste of time. I disagree. I don't think it would be a lot of effort. I don't think it would be a waste. The problems with inclusion in this country are not going to be solved by making it a problem. Those those issues are so deep, deeply rooted that that's not going to fix. I don't think the identity thing will happen. You'd get a new flag. You might sort of symbolically cut the ties with Britain, but. 
Yeah, I think it'd be a waste of time and resources. And right, I don't man. think it would fix that how, much. Speaking of which, how's the flag situation going on over there in NZ? Shit. It's now one versus the other, and if the new one gets voted in, I'll be very unhappy. Would you consider... And I, I will make sure I get one and burn it before it legally becomes a flag and I can be arrested. <laughs> That's, hey, uh, would that's you an consider giving up your New Zealand citizenship if that happens? If it's that just there's the so many great things about New Zealand. To have such an New Zealand, such a creative, artistic, wonderful country, to have such a piece of shit design representing us on the national stage is unjust and unfair. And um, and I hope that it gets resoundingly rejected by the country. And then we can actually go through a process where some actual designers are consulted in the process to actually design a graphic image to represent your country on the national stage. That would be nice. Not some dipshit architect that lives here in Melbourne that thinks, yeah, I'll set the phone on the existing flag. How does someone win the rights to be able to be the, the architect or whoever it is, the designer, to actually design that place? Because that's when you, when you, you don't have the balls to actually get assign a committee to design some options you decide to make it democratic and open the vote to everyone the problem is so it seems democratic but then the ones that John Key actually wanted were clearly pushed through by a committee of 12 people not one of whom had any background in art or design so the idea of having submissions from anyone made the process seem democratic, and because you get to vote, that seems democratic. But there was a crucial stage in the middle where 12 dipshits with no design qualifications whatsoever decided the top five choices, and that was the bit that is undemocratic, and that is the bit that has completely screwed the process, mm. which is why we ended up with this ugly piece of shit. It's not different enough to be worth the effort. It's I actually lazy. don't mind that. It's lazy. I don't mind that. No, it's awful. Fortunately for Kieran, you don't get to vote. Obviously. No. I, I, actually, that, it's I actually a common sentiment. I found that's a common sentiment among people who aren't, from there. aren't New Zealanders. They, they don't they don't generally mind the new flag, but obviously it doesn't represent very much to them. It's so lazy, though. It's He's taken the old flag, he's replaced the Union Jack with a silver fern and put black on the corner. Mm. It's fucking clip art. It's paint by numbers and it's awful. This is quite interesting. I've just stumbled upon, apparently, the government of New Zealand, you can request a set of flags because the Flag Consideration Panel, that's the official body, this is the um, aforementioned fuckwits, which Kieran was talking about before, encourages New Zealanders to take this opportunity to see the flags in real-life situations and consider their symbols, colours and meaning before choosing between them in the final binding referendum of March 2016. Which is a misnomer because the incumbent, as it were, does not have any symbols or meaning attached to it. No flag is literal, and it shouldn't be. Except, it shouldn't be literal. Except the Kiwi with laser beams for its eyes. Except the Kiwi with laser but, beams. Uh, oh, man. On a side note, having a dragon on your flag, pretty awesome. Pretty awesome, but you're part of not the as UK. Awesome. So not technically, as awesome. technically, it's not even a real flag. But it's not actually breathing any fire, that dragon. <laughs> so that's a bit of a letdown for Wales there. Well, we got a, we got some dirty blues playing in the background. If anyone here has just gone playing, this has been playing, been a very playing. serious start, fellas. Well, that's okay. Well, for a comedy podcast, you'd say a, <laughs> a serious opening half hour, maybe not the best. Tony Abbott recently got a, uh, went to America to address a pro or oh, anti-abortion group. 
Special request. Nice work, Tony. Dickhead. <laughs> I think the best part about that was that he said he said that the, his argument against gay marriage was that we shouldn't legalise something that we don't know anything about. <laughs> What does that even mean, Tony? So he's just, he's, just, he's just confirming to anybody who wanted to know that Tony Abbott has never done it up the ass. <laughs> I think his point was that, you know, marriage is between a man and a woman, and we don't know, we don't know conclusively, science has not proven that marriage between a man and a man, a woman and a woman, is can, can work. We don't know that that can work. The point, point is, Tony... That marriages between men and women fail all the time. <laughs> all the time. Not all the time. Your parents are still married. No, but like, like marriage between men and women is not foolproof. It's not no. a foolproof institution. No. So this whole protecting the sanctity of marriage argument is mm. utter twaddle. I'm well, dropping a T-bomb. There's two. It's twaddle. There's three of us here. It's a weak defense. There's three of us here. Two of us have parents who are still yeah. married. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yours didn't even get married. Didn't even get married. Bastard child that I am. Yeah. What, what, what's your point though, Victor? My point is just that marriages do work. And I think gay they, marriages they, do they work. They can work. Yeah. They can work. Can work. Like, well, I think Kieran's point is, and I think I like the subtlety of the I, argument, I, 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 is, I, I, is that, is that it's, no. it, it doesn't matter whether they can work. You can't base an entire argument from preventing people from having civil liberties because on the you fact don't know whether it will or won't. Don't know. It could be a disaster. There could be lots of divorces. I think uh, I would, people yeah. make up their own mind on that one. I think the the whether or not a marriage between two individuals of any gender is going to work is dependent on so many factors, but. Their sexuality is not one of those factors. It's not a mitigating factor. And I would say the rate of divorce and the breakdown of heterosexual marriages is case in point. Yeah. You can't turn around and say... God, you thought oh, it was boring before, man. <laughs> no, the rate of heterosexual marriages is case in point. Just such a I weak really argument. The, the people listening, I really wish you could have seen Big Dog's face this thing. <laughs> it was some good face for it was, me. It was good face. It was good face. You gave face. Yeah, it, was... it was an orgasm face, was it? Not that you guys would know. We would not know. I would not. I don't would know. Yeah. I have not clicked that link you sent me for <laughs> BigDogNaked.com. I just, I, that goes straight to the spam folder. BigDogNaked.com. <laughs> that goes through the spam folder, buddy, and that's where it belongs, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. That's not me. It's a virus. It's someone impersonating me. <laughs> But he looks a lot like you. I tell you one of the funniest things about impersonating and getting away with it and just being ridiculous. Tango and Cash. What? Tango and Cash? There's a ridiculous scene in Tango and Cash where Kurt Russell, of all people... You love Kurt Russell. I love Kurt Russell. But I have to say... We've fallen back on two old favourites here, which is Tony Abbott bashing and Kurt Russell admiration. Okay. (laughs) Kurt Russell. Which has, I have no problem I'm with sure him. you guys would agree. Has a pretty square type yeah. jawline. Yeah. yeah. And you mean he's just not he's not feminine looking at all. No, that is certainly a jaw by which you could potentially slice some glass. So there is a scene in Tango and Cash where he has to avoid detection by the police by dressing up in drag and leaving us. Rip club. 
which he does so. I remember that actually with Terry that is Hatcher. A, that is a that what is a great, great that is a great film. That with Terry Hatcher, no less, leading him out the door. Yeah, right. And this is 1980s Terry Hatcher, so we're talking. Whoa. She's in fine form, you yeah. might say. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yeah, right. So the cops, of course, are waiting out in the alley outside the nightclub. <laughs> out comes Terry Hatcher. They're like, oh, she's a bit of all right. <laughs> then cue the cheesy 80s sleazy saxophone music <laughs> as Kurt Russell comes out the door. Sleazy 80s saxophone music. Dressed up. Should be an iTunes genre. Fishnet stockings. Smoking a cigarette, <laughs> and the cops all looking and going, "Oh yeah, oh, a bit of that." <laughs> it's like, guys, Terry Hatcher has literally just walked out the door in front, and then it has so the good. classic line Terry Hatcher says to the guys as they take off on a motorbike. Kurt Russell dinking, no less. <laughs> Fellas, keep your hands. Off my property. <laughs> what movie is that? It's Tango, Tango and Cash. Cash. Tango oh, that's Cash. a great film. That yeah. is ridiculous. Oh, In no now, way. I've got it. I've got an image here. Of, I've got an image here of, of, um, of Kurt Russell. <laughs> it's um. That's a man. We'll put a picture on the. Uh, that is. That is. That is definitely a man. Check out the cop yeah. checking oh, him out the back in the background. It's a little frightening, I'll give you that. <laughs> but there's Stallone there as well. Yeah, Stallone's in it. Oh, Stallone's in it. <laughs> one, of, one of my... He's awesome, apparently, in um, the latest Quentin Tarantino film, The Hateful Eight, which is supposed oh, yeah. to be really good. But Tarantino had a couple of... like Before that, I think he had a couple of hit-and-miss... No, Miss Didn't he? Yeah, stuff's all pretty popular. Oh, it's, he's, he's, got his, he's got his niche. He, he's got his style. He's got his thing. He does what he does. He does his Tarantino thing. He, he does a movie. He does his thing. Does, he does his movie. He does his interviews. And in each interview, he gets asked why his films are so violent. He cracks the shits and gets fine. <laughs> it's pretty much how it goes. It's a pretty stupid question by this point in his career. It's like it's clearly what he's based his career on. He's not going to turn around and do like a romantic comedy. Yeah, no, he's not really... It's not that sort of style. No. Because so, previously he had Django Unchained. Which is pretty violent. Some people told me it was great. A lot of people told me it was really boring. Oh, it was pretty good. That's a slow burn, but it's pretty good. Um, then uh, he had Kill Bill, The Whole Blood. I don't know what that is. Is that, is that like a redug or something? Then before that he had Inglorious Bastards, which I think was resoundingly... Big success. Big success. Big, big success. success. Yeah. The only one of his movies I actually saw at the theatre. Before then, he had Sukiyaki. So these aren't his actual movies. No, this is definitely these. I don't know about Sukiyaki. He's only made eight movies. That is not one. Seriously? Yeah. Those, those. That might be him as being a producer on that or something. That's possible. Yeah, yeah. yeah, He's only made eight films because they. He always brands it with the eighth film by Quentin Tarantino. Really? He says he's only going to make ten movies in his life, and he's got two more to go. (laughs) Yeah. Wow, is there no pressure for the last two? Like, what are you going to do after the other? What are you going to do after the well, other? Well, a lot two? of people want him to do Retire. another Kill Bill. Well, he won't do that. Sequels? Come on. Don't think One, sequels two, are how he's going to burn his last two. Four. Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown, Kill Jackie Bill Bull- 1, Jackie Kill Bill 2. Jackie Brown's almost a comedy. Is it? 
Yeah, it's not I very violent. It. It's it's almost a commie. Commie. Because all of the other ones, commie. it's are, almost a communist. It's almost a commie. Are absurdly violent, mm. right? Like Django Unchained, Inglorious Bastards, Death Proof. I mean, there's a, there's a good argument to say that Reservoir Dogs is probably his most brutal. Reservoir Dogs is very brutal. Yeah, that's his first one. I haven't actually seen the whole film of that, but I, what I've seen was yeah. intense. He's getting cut off and whatnot. Yeah, so that's too much for me. It's too much. I saw a Walking Dead episode the other day. I gotta stop watching that after midnight. It's just like you, you don't Rest sleep after. Oh, it was awful. I was like, because that's oh, when Freddy Krueger found, found the line here. So what you want? Killing zombies. Perfectly happy. There's something about the fact that that's not a real person anymore. Yeah, you do whatever you want to that zombie. That doesn't phase me. But then they did some stuff to some real people, and I was like, "That is brutal." Oh, so ordinary. Ah, even thinking about it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, we're getting checked out by this mermaid type lady. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who can't see, Kieran's uh, sorry, Big Dog is referring to a a mirror painting of La Sirene, which is a famous. Uh, I think it's a French. I think it's a French beer. Sirene, man. Sa- it sounds Spanish to me. I will look that up in a second. La. The siren. I would the imagine is yeah. what that means. Yeah. And I would say, Big Dog, she probably is checking you out. I would suggest. That, I think that was the whole point of the the sirens. <laughs> yeah. Is that they would well, they lure would lure you with their song. Singing. That's right. And then they, she's just making. And then you would crash your boat into the rocks on their island. I think that's what happened. Although she, if she was singing this song. Would you be lured by her? No, because it's a man singing. She could have a masculine voice. Yes, women with masculine voices. Katie Lane. No, she doesn't have a masculine voice. Who has a masculine voice? Is a woman. Um, Tracy Chapman. Oh, the chick yeah. who the, the chick who sings. What's going on? <laughs> what? You know, he sings that song. What's going? on? Oh, right, right. I thought you, I thought you were... Some slight thought, heavy metal on that. Uh, <laughs> oh, she's got, she's got a huge pair of... I say, hey, yeah, 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 that one. Yeah, 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 that one. That's the lead. You just yeah. went straight for the heavy metal what's going on. And so I... That's like a... That's a... That's a, that's a 3 a.m. Saturday night, but in like a kind of classic hipstery bar. Sweet tune. We'll be playing that one. Loving the tune. Loving a bit of the zap. A bit of the zaps. So, all right, who's your tips for the football tomorrow, boys? Super Bowl action. Super Bowl 50, I am saying Denver. I think Denver will win. <laughs> wow, just keeping it short and succinct. Well, yeah. My, my, he wants them to win. I want them to win. win. On form, you'd say Carolina are probably going to win, but I think Denver will win. I don't get this. I don't get this the Carolina Panthers. Right? So it's not North Carolina and it's not South Carolina, it's just Carolina. Representing the Carolina region, what's wrong with that? The I would have thought, now, I am not an American historian. No. Amongst other things. Amongst <laughs> a long, <laughs> lengthy list of other things. <laughs> and I am not very knowledgeable in the American South history either. That's not going to stop him from making comments about But I'm pretty sure <laughs> North and South Carolina don't exactly see eye to eye on a lot of things. I could be wrong. Could all just be water under the bridge nowadays. That's just football, man. Football's the great united. So where do they play out of? They play out of... Savannah? Charlotte, I think. Which is in North Carolina. North Carolina, yeah. 
Yeah. Also home in the Charlotte Hornets. Sorry to interrupt your listening pleasure of Barry Bullock Hour episode 13, but it's Kieran here in the editing suite, a.k.a. my bedroom. Now, I'm about to make a complete goose myself and say that the Charlotte Hornets are no longer an NBA basketball team in America. Now, at the time, I thought this was true. In the early 2000s, the owner of the Charlotte Hornets moved the team from Charlotte to New Orleans and started the New Orleans Hornets. However, what I did not realize was that a couple of years ago, that same owner rebranded the New Orleans Hornets as the New Orleans Pelicans' terrible name and gifted the Charlotte Hornets' name back to the Charlotte Bobcats expansion team that replaced them in the early 2000s. That means that this year, the Charlotte Bobcats re-rebranded as the Charlotte Hornets and are currently a basketball team in the NBA. And we're back in. Not anymore, but yes, back in the day. Back in like 1993 when we were all teenagers wearing NBA baseball caps. Yes. Charlotte Hornets and the Bulls. Charles Barkley played for the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, the Hornets are not based in Charlotte anymore. Where are they based? Somewhere else. (laughs) Okay. Charlotte have a different team. I'm not sure who it is. That's one for uh, that's one for old Keys over here to check out. Wow! So the Charlotte Hornets? I'm well, then they're the not the Charlotte Hornets. They're not the Charlotte no, Hornets. I will they're, look that up in a second. The Hornets went to a different, either went to a different place, or the Hornets got shut down. And Charlotte bought in a new franchise. There you go. That's the thing about American sports franchises; they just get moved. Yeah, willy nilly. Los Angeles. Los Doesn't Angeles even have a football They do now. The Raiders. No, they used to be the Raiders. The Raiders moved to Oakland. Um, but then, just the other week, St. Louis are moving back to LA. Really? So Los LA Angeles had the Rams for a while, and then they had the Raiders. Both those... Oh, it's Calum's ringtone, again. Um, and then both those teams got shipped out, and now the NFL are bringing them back. Really? Right. So they'll be the Los Angeles Rams. As of next year, yeah. Wow. I just I just want to point out that um, there is in in the province of Carolina um, the, the part of the boundary is southwest of the Cape Fear River, which I think is the coolest name for a river in the world. Cape Fear Cape is Fear. Cape, Cape Fear is, is a, a movie. place. Yeah, it's cool. Obviously, a river that branches. It's a crazy off. movie a with name. Robert De Niro. Have you seen it, Victor? Yeah, it's scary. It's got it's Kurt good. Russell in. No, should do though. No, it's got. Uh, Would it be better if Kurt Russell was in it? I can't see who would be playing it. Anyone. A waiter. <laughs> he could have... Nah, he wouldn't have been old enough, I don't think at the time, to play the dad. But that's the only one I could have think of. Prosthetics. Prosthetics, yeah. yeah. Although, here's something weird for you. Here we go. Yeah. In backdraft, <laughs> Kurt Russell plays his own dad. <laughs> Like sure. his character's dad So as he well. pulls a Peter Sellers. And play every character. So you can see it and you go, hang on, I know that that is Kurt Russell playing his character's dad with a mustache <laughs> as like a flashback. Why didn't they just get another character? <laughs> Did they just not have enough money to pay another Backdraft, actor? Backdraft, a highly rated film on, on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, 71% on Rotten Tomatoes. Also has Robert De Niro. Had a ride at um, Universal Studios when I was there many, many years ago. Some good fire. Lots of fire. Yeah, it's a lot of fire. Some pretty, pretty stacked cast here, Kurt Russell. one of the Baldwins. William Baldwin. William Baldwin. Baldwin, Robert De Niro, Billy Baldwin, Donald Sutherland, Jennifer Lee, who I don't know who that is. Jennifer uh, Jason Lee, mate. She's also in The Hateful Eight with Kurt Russell. Is she really? Well, She's nominated for an Oscar. An wow. amazing actress. Do you know who Scott Glenn is? Scott Glenn is also a brilliant actor. 
He's, yeah. um, he's more of a character actor. He's pretty old. What about um, Gregory Wyden? I'd have to look at the photo. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just seeing how far you're down the, uh, down the uh, list you can go. Yeah, Victor, I don't know because your is. knowledge of obscure actors is quite extraordinary. Rebecca De Mornay, she was the chick in Top Gun that Tom Cruise is like. The chick in Top Gun that Tom Cruise is like. That's great. Fantastic new dog. Yes. I enjoy that. That's right, Ice Man. <laughs> I am dangerous. Jason. And I'm also five foot. What That's about, me what about Jason Gedrick? Never heard of him. Jason Gedrick? Okay, so there's no, is there oh, any. JT Walsh. JT Walsh? Also in another amazing Kurt Russell film called Breakdown, where he plays a truck driver. He's awesome. Anyone else here that you Jack know? McGee also in Breakdown with Kurt Russell. Let's get the crew down. This was this was fun. Let's make another film with all the same cast. And Jack McGee is also in um, the fighter with. Um, yeah, basically IMDb. <laughs> you are basically. I do know my moves. We don't. We don't. Need and yet, last week you didn't know who that very famous playwright was. That's that's concerning for me. Your, your knowledge is that says a lot about me. Definitely probably. down one alleyway. That says nothing about the playwright. Says a lot about me. <laughs> so yes, okay. It's Kurt Russell, JT Walsh, Kathleen Quinn, oh, yeah. MC Grainy, oh, yeah. uh, Jack Knows. I don't know who that is. Jack Knows. Uh, Rex Lynn. Rich. Rex Russell. Lynn's great. Is he? Yeah. He he looks like a hard boiled egg. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Anyone else there? Jack McGee? There? Oh, he's wearing a great hat. In that yeah, photo. he's rocking a good hat there. Anyone else you uh, nah. recognise? No, okay. Nah. I just enjoy the fact that you can go through it. You can recognise... He looks like Humpty s- Dumpty, that guy, wrestling, doesn't he? <laughs> it's called the Golden Spatula. I was going to bring out a rubber spatula, but I couldn't think of it. And it's for stuff that is... Something that is underappreciated but deserves more time in the spotlight. Okay. It's it's kind of a anti-big dog's bone. An anti-big Instead dog. of having a bone to pick with something, I want to award something the weekly That's golden nice. spatula. That's nice. That's the idea. I was going to Just because I realised that I, I use my rubber spatula for fucking everything. Yeah. yeah. It's great for cleaning pans before you actually Wipe rinse them out. It's good for getting every morsel of deliciousness out of the pan. Like it's just great for everything. Yeah. Yep. Such a such an extraordinary utensil. And I think it deserves to be held in higher regard. But also, I think it can be symbolic of other things that deserve to be held in higher well, regard. Let's, let's dedicate this shambolic podcast. The golden the spatula under, as the an underappreciated award. item, kitchen utensil. I, I've, kitchen got one. I've got one. I've got one. Um, because Metro, there we go. Uh, Metro, are you going to say that? No, 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 no. Let, let me finish this one. Let me finish this one. Metro couple out of flack. Yep, and right. rightly they should. And yes. rightly so. And rightly so. Because of that, I don't think in, in my flag. life, I think I'm going to nominate the PTV website. The Public Transport Victoria website is extraordinarily useful and has undoubtedly improved my life an immense deal. All it does is show you the timetable, though. It's not that hard. Yeah, but it coordinates it coordinates different coordinates forms of transport. Journey, journey Planner in Journey Planner. Journey, journey Planner. Planet. Okay, that's Yeah, planet. well, that's, that's what you use PTV Those for. journeys then get fucked up by the fact that, you know, the connection was laid. That's Metro's fault. 
Yeah. In yeah. theory, Journey Planner is fucking great. So let's all salute Journey Planner. Journey Planner. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Journey Planner is great. All right. God, I'll give God's you that. Bachelor. I think we should probably sign off, guys. Yeah. We've been down here at uh, Rambling. You're not going to hear a lot of that rambling because Kieran's going to cut that out in post. This may well be about a 10 minute supercast. This may only get a supercast. But anyway, if nothing else, come down to the Catfish and Gertrude Street. Come down to the Catfish. Definitely. And go to the Broncos tomorrow. Yeah, I'm going to go for Carolina. Well, that's disgraceful. And um, and I, I'd, I'd like to wish my, my, my lovely girlfriend, Clem, a happy birthday for Tuesday. Does she listen to the podcast? Uh, she does. Yeah, right. um, it's not going to be out before Tuesday. No. So, uh, no. in retrospect... Definitely not. Happy birthday. I got you good. The surprise was great. You loved it. Yeah. So you got birthdays and Valentine's. Oh, we're going to have a big surprise for her on Tuesday. Don't forget Valentine's Day next week. Oh, yes. Big dog. Big dog. No. Big dog. 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 I don't think that's misogynistic. That's not misogynistic, dude. It's just a stupid day. It isn't. That's not misogynistic, man. If your idea chauvinistic, it's not chauvinistic either. Well, I it's... don't know what it is then. It's a big shit. dog needs to know more about English literature. All right? Overly hyped, overly commercialised. Oh, well, misogynistic. A, another hate women. Another T bomb. It's a load of twaddle. I dropped two T bombs this podcast, but I haven't said that Valentine's Day is an absolute load of twaddle. And the, the, the marketing is geared towards you feeling bad for being a single person on Valentine's Day. Hey, why don't you come to the pub and meet some singles? Hey, why don't you join this online dating or, site? Or, 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 or if you're in a long-term relationship. No, no, it's worse if you're in a long-term relationship. I'd say it probably is. It's worse if you're yeah. in a long-term relationship and you believe in it because it's geared towards why don't you spend $80 on yeah. a fairly substandard bottle of champagne for your loved one because everything's going to be marked up on Valentine's Day. Absolute load of rubbish. Let's go and buy some stuff. All Big right. dog's got the shades on. It's time to peace out, Big guys. Big dog's out. Um, He's about to go check home. Check on that car. Check on his car and also formulate some complicated Valentine's Day plans. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah, disgraceful. Clem, I love you. Uh, we love you, Clem. Yeah. We all love you. Happy Collectively, we love you. We're going to be uh, we're going to be rehearsing on Valentine's Day anyway yeah. for the show that you refuse to plug, plug, plug on the podcast because that's boring. Plugs are boring. It'll be a great show. You should come see it. The thirty nine steps. But find steps. out about it by yourselves. It's called the thirty nine steps. Yep, and we're not doing a plug, so it's not going to happen. It's going to be on during the Melbourne <laughs> Comedy Festival. Yep, no, this is. Ah. Yeah, it's shambles.